this is Araceli Villanueva, and welcome to a special edition of the Switch to Pitch podcast. For those that don't know me, I cover both Sporting KC and LAFC, but today I'm putting on my black and gold hat as I welcome some very special guests, Philly and the Scar from Defenders of the Bonk podcast, and the voice of LAFC, the only man who can call a full 90-minute game from his imagination, Dave Danholm. Welcome, guys. Uh, first off, I'd like to congratulate the Defenders for your 99th episode. <laughs> so can you kind of tell me a little of the backstory behind the podcast? How did it get started? What was like your main inspiration for it? Making me listen to different podcasts out there and getting the inspiration. And towards the end of our first season, you know, we heard some other things and I kind of decided, you know what, I'll check a lot of these podcasts out. Let me take a listen, see how it's all going. And, and I figured, you know, after listening to all the other podcasts, I looked at Philly and I was like, you know what? Yeah, we can do this. I mean, for me, I'm a teacher. It does me no good to be all over social media and to, to put myself out there. My, my sixth, seventh, and eighth graders will use that against me at every opportunity they get, which they do, which is kind of fun. But I have to say, wanting to tell the story of what goes on in the black and gold community and what goes on at Bank of California Stadium and, and all the wonderful things that they do. I'm so glad that that Philly really did keep pushing and had us start that podcast at the end of our first season. I, I love how organically it came through. It was really a match made in heaven. Uh, and I don't say, say that lightly. I gave it a shot earlier on with, uh, with another one of my friends out on the East Coast. We tried to create this program called Couch Potato Jocks, just focusing on sports in general. Didn't realize what a Herculean task it is to have two people cover every sport in North America. I think we ended it with like one WrestleMania and that was about it. And I felt defeated. I always wanted to go into radio and I always wanted, I just, I love sports. It's that music are my passions. And the funny thing about our show and the dynamic JR and I have is everybody thinks we grew up together in New York because we're probably the only chucklehead Mets fans in Bank of California Stadium. But we met at the bank. He sits two rows in front of me and our, our significant others developed a really, really awesome friendship. We became really, really close friends. And I got to tell you the moment where I realized I need to prod him for this, this podcast thing. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a thing. Anytime Tyler Miller made a save, I would yell, Tyler! And JR would yell, Miller! And so we, we had it as a thing. And then I don't know how it happened. It wasn't planned. It wasn't choreographed. But there was a shot that went off the post. And I'm like, JR, JR, goal! And he goes, post! And then lightning struck right there. I was like, wow, I didn't even plan on that. I have to ask him to start a podcast now. And that's sort of how it happened in a nutshell. That's amazing. So, JR, you're originally from California then? Yeah, born and raised here in Los Angeles, about 10 minutes from the bank. Awesome, awesome. I think you're the only one on here that's originally from California. (laughs) The rest of us are either from the Midwest or the East Coast. And that's what I kind of love about this club is that it's able to reach a wide audience and bring us all together across the nation and even around the world, as we've seen through the years. Now, Dave, being from Cleveland, how did you get from the Midwest to the West? to uh, Los Angeles. Oh yeah, it's a, well, it's a radio story. Basically I was brought out there to do afternoon drive for a radio station that pretty much no longer exists. It turned into AM 570, which is another sports talk station in LA, but it was at that time, extra sports 1150. And that was late nineties. So probably before most of you were watching sports, but uh, <laughs> uh, so I've, I've been out now. I feel like an Angelino. Obviously I lived there for 20 plus years. My wife and I, we ended up 
living most of that downtown. We've uh, got a place downtown uh, probably about 15, almost 15 years ago. And so we were only, by the time they started building the bank, I was about two and a half miles away from there. So, you know, just, it uh, obviously just became part of my, you know, my neighborhood essentially. So, and, you know, people know me as a guy who loves soccer, you know, all along, certainly been a big supporter of MLS. And I was a Galaxy guy for a long time, you know, season ticket holder there and just a, you know, supporter of what they were doing. And just once I saw what was going on, with LAFC, even before they kicked the ball in anger, you know, years before then, I knew that they were building something special and I had to be a part of it. And just, you know, thankfully they uh, have allowed me to do that. And, uh, you know, just no looking back, you know, it's just, it's amazing what the, the club has done in such a short time. And that's basically through people like all you guys, you know, I mean, it's just, the club is just amazing. It's, there's nothing like it in Los Angeles. I've covered every team. I've been to every you know, game of every sport, big, big events. I did the pre and post game shows on radio for every team in Los Angeles, the Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, Angels, USC football, UCLA basketball. And now I happen to be doing the play-by-play for LAFC. There is nothing like it that I've seen in Los Angeles. And these are great fans in LA for every sport making, you know, make no bones about that, but it's just different, you know, and it's just, it's just better. <laughs> I mean, so that's what kind of drew me in and how I've, you know, basically, got involved with LAFC. I knew Seth. I don't know if people, you know, a lot of people probably know Seth, uh, you know, behind the scenes at LAFC, one of the uh, vice presidents there. And I worked with him at the Clippers for a long time, developed a good friendship. So we kind of kept in touch through, you know, being in the media. And that's how I ended up getting the job. That's great to hear. And this is also kind of a full circle moment for me almost because when I started doing uh, radio and the podcast, your yeah. show was actually the very first one that I had ever done what? over that the phone. Great. I I really just remember being extremely nervous, but <laughs> you were able to kind of calm me down. Yeah, I don't remember I it that way. You were fine. You did good. So, you know, it's, uh, I didn't know that was your first uh, effort at something like that. That's, you know, pretty impressive then because this, is, this stuff is not easy. I mean, these guys make it look easy right over here. It, is, defenders it here. is not easy. It's not easy to do. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously podcasts have, you know, become such a huge part of our, you know, our daily life. And radio, there's, you know, there's differences, certainly. And there's not much difference, though. you got to be able to entertain. you got to be able to bring it every time. That's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I think that people that who do know me know that I have been a reporter, a, a writer mm-hmm. for the past five, six years now. So to kind of make that transition from writing to yeah. podcasting, it's not an easy one, I have to admit. But, you know, I do credit you for not only giving me my first taste of it, mm-hmm. but kind of helping guide me all this time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still got to put in the work, you know, people can give you opportunities. Uh, and those are hard to come by sometimes, don't get me wrong. But you still yeah. have to make the most of it, frankly, you know, you still got to work hard and, and do what you, you know, anybody can get an opportunity potentially, that they could still waste, you know, and you didn't squander it. So you know, keep going. That's that's really the advice that I have is just keep doing it, you know, and, and obviously, it, these guys will tell you it gets easier. That's the bottom line. I mean, you do get more comfortable. It doesn't make it easy ever, but it does get easier, you know, so. Now, being the play-by-play announcer, I'm sure you're used to being at the stadium, calling the game in front of fans, even those who are listening on the radio, like myself. Now, with Faux Trafico, what would you say were the main 
challenges going into that, not having that usual stadium atmosphere? The first thing I think is actually just deciding to do it more so than anything else. Uh, the idea was there because my wife had asked me that, like, do you think you could pull this off for 90 minutes? And I immediately said no at the time. Mm-hmm. And this had just been the start of the lockdown. We knew that we were now postponed, you know. And I just thought, no, there's no way I could do it. It's 90 minutes. I'll never be able to, you know, keep it straight. <laughs> it's just <laughs> impossible. And I started thinking about it more. I thought, well, why not give it a shot? You know, like I said, I was going to do it in advance because you can't do that kind of thing live, realistically, in this current situation. Mm-hmm. And so I talked with my producer and said, yeah, you know, let's give it a shot. The toughest thing was just getting over the hurdle of even trying it. And the next toughest thing, I think, was planning it out. So I like didn't get lost along the way. I had to kind of realize, okay, you're not going to write a script. Obviously, you just want to try it off the top of your head. So I had to write out a card. I'll show you the cards that I had. Like I had to make my little cards. Like this is the <laughs> like second half, as it turned out, because they were going in a certain direction, you know. So each, and this is kind of what I, if you see a video of me doing pro traffic, that's what I'm kind of staring at, just to kind of keep my head of where everybody is on the pitch at certain times and how the ball's traveling around, where who would end up kind of making in the late slide tackle to save a play or something. Where, so that's the only thing I had. But I did plan this out to where at least I knew I, I needed these, you know. So I think the planning part was almost tougher. Once I got going and I was about 15 minutes in and realized it wasn't too bad, like I realized, okay, maybe I can pull this off. Just keep, you know, just go, you know, and just keep going. And I took my break at halftime, like 15 minutes, like it is at the bank. I got my tea at halftime. I got my uh, little lozenges because my throat was starting to go bad. You can hear that to start the second half a little bit, like a normal game when I'm screaming the whole time. So yeah, it kind of worked out that it turned out to be, very similar to a regular day other than me doing it in my office here, you know, and not at the bank, unfortunately. And Philly Scarf, what was your guys' reactions when you first heard this amazing piece of art? I mean, I guess I'll go first. That, <laughs> our seamless transitions, as, as we call them. <laughs> Real pros, Scott, you know. <laughs> right? You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the reaction, the reaction, I mean, it was... I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled to, to, to give it a listen to. It was, I just lost my train of thought. Jeez. Can I ask something real quick, to be honest? Did, did you guys like think it was kind of a dumb idea? Like, be honest. No, so, absolutely not. And I'll, I'll, I'll answer that really quickly, just from the simple fact that, you know, it's content and it's something that we were all starving for. It was, yeah, exactly it was right. more of a, I can't believe this is happening. I've never seen anything like this, but I'm intrigued by, by the idea and the concept of it, and I will tune in, and I know exactly where I'm going to plant my rear end to listen to this, because this, this could be really, really cool. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. For me, like I said earlier, growing up listening to Vin, especially on the radio, and, and always having wanted to do this. See, I've, I actually call play-by-play for four, five, six, and seven-year-old soccer games, and I have for 20 years down at the field um, of, the, of the camp and the rec center that I run sports at. And I've done this since I was 16, really. I just actually gave it up a year ago or so. I did it for 20 years. And calling play-by-play for four, five, six, and seven-year-olds to me was the most fun possible way I could spend a Saturday. And I've, I've done it for forever. So to have you come and say, you know what, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it for two professional teams. I'm going to do it on a professional level. For me, it was almost like that fulfillment of all of those games that I had ever done down there on the field or all of those times that I had ever listened to Vin as a six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve year old. You know, you go to the game, but I've got Vin in my ear. I've got the little radio like so many people did for all those years. 
So to be able to hear that, when you say like, did you think it was a dumb idea? That like seven year old in me was like, oh my God, this can actually be done. Like this is, <laughs> it was a huge deal for me awesome. to be able to listen to it. And, and look, it, it would have been, you know, quote unquote, a dumb idea had you done it and like not been able to pull it off. You know, if it came out corny or it came out, you know, whatever, none of that happened. You know, it was, it was incredible. It was organic and it was real. And I have to say, I was watching it on television and the overlays of the photos and the crowd noise and everything. That was kind of cool too, because, you know, Philly and I, we've, we've been all over that stadium and it's neat to see people, you know, in the stands or to see people cheering. And even though it wasn't the exact cheers that were going on or whatever else, it was like, oh, look, I'm a, I know that person or I know that person. Oh, I can't wait to see these people. So it brought back all of that nostalgia in a totally different way. Absolutely loved it. Where, where it really struck me is, you know, sometimes people will, you know, play video games or something, just kind of wrap their mind around something and forget about everything that's going on. And then when I personally, when I realized it was a success, I mentioned it earlier. Like I was absolutely aggravated here when Carson would score. Like it literally, and I would think to myself, well, this is, this isn't really happening. But, but, but I was angry. Like I felt. I was too, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you were angry and you came in. <laughs> I know it's true. I, only because like I had no idea where this was going like none there was no script as I said that's what kind of why I put up a picture of that card that day on Twitter because you know you people like are on social media like is this real or he must have written this out obviously he's reading stuff or anything certainly if you've heard it I think it would be impossible for anybody to read a script like that as fast as ridiculous as I talk you know like so I don't think that's you know, obviously realistic but I just wanted to make sure people knew there was no script so I didn't even know when goals were coming, I knew it was not going to be zero zero. That's what I've been telling everybody, right? No nil nil. Obviously, we're not going to go ninety minutes of missed shot after missed shot. But I had no clue what. And I even like early on, you know, it was kind of funny seeing some social media reaction like about fifteen minutes in, and people were like, "Well, this is stupid. He can make it ten nothing, you know." And it was nil nil at the time. Like this is this is absurd. They're going to win eight nil or whatever. And I was like, nah, "Just keep listening. <laughs> I promise." You know, like, I, and so. Obviously, you don't know where it's going, but you have some parameters of making it realistic. And I thought this ended up pretty well that way. But I was mad when Chicharito scored, too. And it's funny you say that because it was so late, right? Well, I don't want to give away too much. I mean, if somebody hasn't listened to it. But I kind of got lost in the flow of, like, being mad about it and that all of a sudden it was stoppage time. And I didn't know where this thing was, like, no clue. I'm, <laughs> the ball's still being kicked around in my head and guys are chasing each other and fouls and everything and corner kicks. And I have no idea where this thing is going in the final literally two minutes of it. And, you know, obviously we'll let it just sit so, there. So you never wrote down even, like, bullet points? Like, okay, maybe at this point someone's going to score? That's incredible. Now, I will oh, say no, – In fact, you'll see me writing occasionally, very rarely, but – that's actually me keeping stats because I had sure. to, I realized, you know, like Mario helps me a ton. I have stats thrown to me during a game. A lot of times I'll keep a few remedial things for myself when I'm doing right. a real game. But like, I literally like was keeping stats on my thing here <laughs> each half. And I, cause I kind of taught myself, like I got to have some stats. Like I can't just do the whole broadcast without referencing how many shots and stuff. So I had to keep them myself as the game is going on in my head and so that's like cause some people were wondering about that too like what's he writing is he checking stuff off and like no i was actually just keeping that's incredible but now i will say though we did predict philly and i that dio would score the game yes. winner late so that's I mean, for sure we, I, we knew that was coming 
Good job. I, yeah, you guys were on that. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But one other thing I really like, and it just, it, and I'm glad you did it early because you know, I, I was focusing on the whole thing. I wrote notes because we did a we did a podcast like right after. I, I gotta admit, I, I did hear it. You guys did a great job breaking it down. <laughs> I, I love you, when you started. I listen to your podcast. So I do, you know, so I did hear it. And I appreciate all the kind words. Thank you, Dan. I was so close to writing up a recap myself because I was just <laughs> listening to it. And just, it just kind of took me back because I'm yeah. so used to, you know, listening to you call the games because as most people know, I cover LAFC remotely. So mm -hmm. I rely heavily on kind of your stats uh, as long with the clubs. So I'm just kind of laying there thinking, how am I going to do, you know, this recap? Because I'm thinking about it. It's like, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you can make up a recap about a made-up game, I guess. But it's funny. I mean, it's uh, – I think people – that was the beauty of it, too, in a lot of ways. I got a lot of response of people just got lost in it that way. Not in a good way. You know, like they, they just let themselves kind of let it go. And, again, it was a couple of hours of not having to think about other stuff, of being away from the bank. And we – when we realized we could release it that day, when Mario and I talked about planning it out, because I'll be honest with you, I did it in it well in advance relatively because Mario needed a lot of time to do his part, you know, certainly. And he had more work to do, you know, obviously hours wise than I did. But we realized, oh yeah, the day of El Trav, you know, you have to release it then, you know, the kickoff time. That's the one egregious error of this whole thing. If you listen to it, I mean, there's certainly areas that I could have done better, you know, and maybe certainly some things I messed up right from the the first moment mario was like would you want to fix this and i'm like no i already did it i'm not going to change anything you can hear me say you know from a beautiful evening like right because i forgot it was a noon kickoff <laughs> and then i so i did and i totally knew that it was a noon kickoff but you just got caught up and so many games were at night and it's perfect at night at the bank you know it's great weather mm -hmm. so i got all into this and my and then mario's like oh by the way it kicks off at noon and i'm like ah. and then i'm like well got to leave it in there. You know, I'm not going to switch anything. I'm not going to change anything up. So that's the like, egregious, funny error, I guess, so right from the jump. So thankfully people got past that and forgave <laughs> me for that. So we can yeah. still enjoy it. Yeah. I guess I didn't even realize it. I've lost track of Dave's. Like I can't believe today's totally. Tuesday. I didn't even think about the, uh, yeah. the Fair but one enough, of the things you know? I loved, you threw some gems out there that if people weren't paying attention, they missed some gold. Like when you brought up the sponsors, you know, brought to you by too much time on my hands. Like, I, I love that. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. What else is he going to say? So like that right there, it locked me in right away. And I'm listening intently, taking notes, trying to figure out any of these other fun little sponsors you throw out there. I got a kick out of all that. Well, thank you. I did that too, because there was talk. We had kind of talked with the club a little bit. Do we use, the, you know, the sponsors are looking for content too, when it comes to LAFC, they're desperate. No question. They've been huge supporters of LAFC, as we all know. You know, we know the big name sponsors that they brought in. So there was some talk of adding those. But then I thought, no. And, you know, RSA, you said it before, like, it is kind of a piece of art to me. I know it sounds cheesy in a way, but like Mario and I put, you know, a lot of work in it and we felt that way. And I didn't want to get anything clouded up that way in terms of financially or anything. I know that sounds like kind of hokey or whatever, but I also did it to kind of protect us because we did use the Galaxy in this too, you know, and to their credit, they, it's not like they've come back and said, no, you know, like we didn't want to have any kind of, you know, repercussions that way. So we didn't want to add right. any kind of financial or monetary thing to it because that wouldn't be fair. This is all just a, it's satire, you know? So I did want to keep that out. And I thought those fit in a satirical sense, you know, they're kind of brought to you by too much time on my hand. And that's exactly why I did it, frankly. So, you know, in, in terms of at least I had the time to then 
provide some content for us, but it's funny that you point that out. I love it. I have been getting some pretty good response from those, thankfully. So thank you. I appreciate that. A final note that I kind of want to make on this before we move on to another subject is that, you know, it was a great experience. Um, LAFC has done a great job at keeping the fans engaged throughout this, you know, on these um, unprecedented times with multiple shows on Instagram, even uh, virtual dance parties, which is personally my favorite. So to kind of hear, you know, such a unique experience, something very different, uh, off the beaten path, you could say, was just refreshing. And I think it definitely sparked an idea in a lot of people of this can be done. So I am curious to see if anyone does try to recreate this somewhere down the road. I hope we don't need to, though, right? I mean, I, I don't say that lightly, but I just hope we don't need it. You know, because let's be honest, this was born out of a tremendously horrible situation we're all in right. in our country and hope everybody stays safe. Most importantly, this is really just a very minor thing. It's sports, right? We know it's not the most, but I hope we don't ever need to do this kind of stuff that we are right back to, you know, or as fast as we can, as safely as we can back to normal life. Why would anybody try this? Sorry. Why would anybody even bother doing this? If we, you know what I mean? Like if I was going to the bank every weekend, who needs this clown to come to a fake game? Right? So, I mean, that's just, that's the way I look at it. Let's hope we don't ever need it again, quite frankly. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, Bundesliga is back. The EPL and La Liga seem to have been given the green light to resume training again. Even MLS players have returned for individual voluntary workouts at the beginning of this month. Um, I kind of want to circle back to you, Dave, on when you mentioned that you've had the unique opportunity to experience this, this league from the very beginning. Sure. Um, with the most recent proposal that MLS has made moving the games to Orlando with the teams, the staff, the coaches being in this Disney Resort. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this, on this idea? I just, and I kind of reference it, and I don't know if you guys agree, but it's such a unique situation that I think we all just have to work to just find a way to make it work, right? And, I, and who are we, right? I mean, it's up to the players and the owners, most importantly, but let's just find a way to get back to playing as safely as possible. Look, we all have to put ego aside at this point. This is so unique. This is not about Oh, well, I, I want you know, it to be perfect coming back. It's not going to be. If you want football, as soon as you safely can do it, you're, it's not going to be perfect, right? We're not going to be going to the bank in June to see soccer. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So everybody has to work together on this, in my opinion. That's just, I mean, again, I don't speak for LAFC nor the players. Like, I mean, this is just my opinion. But such a unique situation has to call for unique answers really if we want football back and we want to do it safely then we might have to put up with this kind of stuff and you know i hear people say oh this is ridiculous this won't be a true champion <laughs> there's going to be an asterisk around this year for the rest of our lives <laughs> in every aspect right i mean forget sports I and mean, this is just so ridiculously unique in a situation and so like beyond what sports really means you know that we have to kind of play along and be smart about this and all work together to get back to normalcy as slowly or safely and you know as quickly as possible, but in a slow build-up manner. And this might be a good solution, in my opinion, right? I mean, I'm not going to be going if we do do that. You know, like the team is basically – I'll have to do the games remotely, you know, and it's not the best situation. 
But I think we're in an age where people understand that, you know, and especially with what's going on. I, I, I think, right. I don't know how you guys feel. I think it's a, a pretty good idea, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Araceli. I was just going to mention that I'm a little on the fence about it. I agree with you that, you know, we kind of have to look at all the options, even the most popular one of playing games without fans. Um, do I think sticking a thousand plus people in one location is a great idea? Not necessarily, but if that's what needs to be done, I assume so. I know the players themselves aren't happy about the, the idea because most of them will have to leave their families for, um, possibly months on end. Um, and I do want to throw it to you, uh, Philly and Scarf, that do you think the MLS should still consider this proposal, even with states like California and New York starting to ease the restrictions on sports? So well, I guess the thing that makes it worthwhile for me is what also comes with, like you said, putting a thousand people in a place like that, is that it also comes with the stringent testing and the rules and the, the social distancing guidelines, everything that comes with that, because they're putting it in one concentrated area, they can now make sure they're going through all the proper protocols, all the proper testing to keep those thousand players, you know, thousand people, as you say, as safe as possible. And, and that's where I think the the real caution has to lie is how safely and and how um you know how how fundamentally safely can we make these things and if if we find out that look to the best of our efforts we put these thousand people at epcot whatever it might be and still the virus was spreading or people got sick then i think they abandoned the idea right away right but you know i think what dave brought up too is everything has an asterisk right so i almost think that because everything has an asterisk, really nothing has an asterisk on it this year. It's yes. just the whole, the whole idea of, look, maybe Bundesliga tries it one way, MLS tries it another way. You know, we've seen Liga MX and, and Liga 1 in France, they've just shut it down completely. I don't, no one has any answers, right? No one has the path the right way. So we're just throwing everything out on the wall, seeing what sticks. Some people are going to try one thing, some people are going to try another. And Philly, I know you and I were talking about this a, a little while ago the amount of home matches that the home team is winning in Bundesliga right now. It's really surprising. I think it was what three out of the first 16 or something like that was won by the home side. So clearly LAFC, if anything, we're at more of a disadvantage than a lot of the other teams out there because there is no place to play like bank of California stadium for all these other teams. Yeah. I agree with everything JR says. I mean, I would say if I was an Orlando city fan, I'd be happy because they would get a top seed. If whatever leaked that information comes through in fruition, I'm starving for football. It was a bitter pill to swallow realizing that, you know what, we're not going to go to the bank. We're not going to see any of these matches firsthand. And it took me a while to get over that, but I love the game and I love the club and I want to see life resume as quickly and as possible as possible as it can. And yeah, you said it. An asterisk is going to be on everything. If an asterisk is on everything, then there's no asterisk to begin with. And they're going to have a good. Go ahead. I won't be going, and I just wanted to clear that up too. Because it was something that Jarrah said. I, I won't be going down there to do the games. Not not by personal choice, but it's rather they want to limit. You know, we want to keep the limited amount of people down there. You know, so to test and to make sure everybody. So they're. It's not like they're going to. Every team's going to send hundreds of people. Support. I mean, it's going to be bare bones essentially to kind of keep it as you know as safe as possible that way. You know, and and look here's here's the bottom line too. I mean, it's all about again safety and everything else. There are, this is the real world, you know, and ESPN 
needs content. They are a huge sponsor. I mean, we have to talk about those things. Finances do matter when it comes to this league. Can the can Major League Baseball survive it? You bet. Can the NFL survive? You bet. I mean, they have other. This is a different situation. Now, again, it's not the most important thing by any means. And you know what? If if it means the rest of the year we don't play, that may happen too. And that that'll be unfortunate, but that just might have to be the way it is. However, you cannot totally discount the fact that you really you want to get back as soon as safely possible here, whether it's in front of fans or not. And I know it still hurts them, you know, financially if there's no fans, especially we know in MLS there's a lot of season ticket revenue, there's a lot of that kind of thing. But even just getting back to give the fans something to kind of, you know, give some hope to, it is a big thing. That is, a, that is an important factor. No, I completely agree with all of you. I think you guys made some great points. It's these are unprecedented times and to see what MLS does come up with, whether we get to continue the season or just go straight to playoffs will be very curious to see. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, different states are starting to ease some restrictions. Um, I can only speak for, you know, the state of Kansas. We're basically back open. Our only limitations is just the gathering of people. For currently, it's um, no more than 15 people. And we're supposed to extend up to no more than 90 by the end of June, I believe. So an even whiz crowd. Oh, I'm kidding. That goes way back. <laughs> so even if I, we uh, get up I, there, I, there's no way we could host games here unless uh, it's on staff only or reporters only. Because there's your 90 right there. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of people behind the scenes, as we all know, at the bank that make everything run. I mean, it's going to be a while. There's no doubt about that. But. Uh, again, could be it could be a good alternative, much like what the Bundesliga is doing in a way. It's similar. I mean, although MLS might even be safer, realistically, if they're all kind of sequestered together. So we'll see how it goes. There still could be a possibility that you end up playing back at the bank to finish the season, right? We don't we don't know what September, October. I mean, even as far as November, December that we've seen the last few years when the MLS Cup actually ended in December uh, recently. So you never know. I mean, let's hope for the best, but uh, we'll see what happens. And let's just hope we're back playing football safely as soon as possible. Because, I mean, you're talking to me about a faux track. We miss football. Let's face it. I mean, let's be <laughs> it's ridiculous now. I'm missing it so bad. So I know you guys are feeling the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, as, I've met, as we've all mentioned already, is that faux traffic definitely gave us that sense of relief, that sense of kind of a normalcy in a sense, again, you know, to – be together even though we're all in our homes in different states in this case at least but so thank you for it, that uh, somebody <laughs> called it el sadico online too did it make you worse afterward did it make it you know <laughs> what i mean like, i worry about that like the two hours maybe is fun right but then it's like oh man i just listened to a fake game and because after i did it i was like okay that was fun but now i'm actually missing it more than ever quite frankly <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think the idea of not being there each each game, right? When you look at the schedule and you tick off another one, like, oh, we would have been playing Sporting Kansas City this week. We would have been playing this team, that team. It, it hits you in waves, you know, like a lot of things over the, the course of this whole safer at home time that we've been spending. It it hits you in waves, but, you know, the the idea to give somebody a couple hours of respite from all of this, that to me, that's that's where the beauty in all of this lies is that, 
without that, I wouldn't have even had those two hours, you know, and that's the way, that's the way Philly and I were, were looking at it the entire time. Oh, you mentioned that schedule. We had Nashville coming up this weekend. At the yep. That's going to hurt. That's yeah, going to hurt. We had the return of Walker. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really sad. Some of the, you know, some of our favorite games, NYCFC, Nashville, a lot of these fun ones. And, you know, we didn't get to take over San Jose again. We didn't get to go to another couple of, of away matches that that's like you mentioned, you know, unfortunately we, we all travel, you know, so a lot of us don't get to hear you on the, on the radio as much, but that's because our fans are so ardent. I'll never forget that scene in San Jose when we took over San Jose, the scene in Portland when we opened up Providence park for them with a loss, you know, that's, those are things that that I miss way more than you know any of the other things that go along with following this club is that camaraderie, that experience of experiencing it all together. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I definitely miss kind of that fan interaction and just being back in Christmas Tree Lane with you guys and all of our amazing fans and just kind of interacting with everyone. You know, I, we I was fortunate enough to go to Los Angeles for this season. Um, opener and even the CCL game and just to kind of be back in that atmosphere felt amazing no disrespect to my hometown team or our (laughs) fan base here but we don't have Dole Whip I will just say that (laughs) 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 so yes um now I do kind of want to ask you uh Philly and Scarf since you are currently living in California um LAFC has created so many amazing programs like the Black and Gold Community Fund, the LAFC Food Delivery Service Program. Have you guys been able to witness any of these um, initiatives firsthand? Fortunately, no. A lot of it on our end was witnessed from, from afar. My, my wife's a nurse, and she's in a hospital all the time. And that, I guess that may, I'm healthy and all that other stuff. I guess I just didn't want to put myself out in, in a big crowd of people despite having things just to, you know, keep, keep myself quarantined in a way. But, you know, we, we definitely contributed, you know, from a financial perspective. I know they had the, the games going on for the EMLS. You know, we would definitely make our financial contributions to things like that. Definitely helps spread the word for people that could make it. So our involvement has been, at least mine, has been more from afar just because of the situation going on. But, no, it's amazing what, what they have been doing. It's, it's a club that really cares about the community, really wants to integrate itself within the fabric of Los Angeles, and they continue to do an amazing job at it. Yeah, you know, what we've seen also is via social media, so many of the supporters groups and social clubs out there are also doing their parts. We see it from all the major supporters groups. And a lot of what's being done is really being done by the team. You know, the, the blood drives, the, the, the other things that they've got going on, those are all being done by the team. So in terms of being a part of it, you know, I take care of my parents. They're, they're 77 and they're getting up there a little bit. And so I want to make sure they're as happy and healthy as possible. So I'm not trying to put myself out there too much in terms of, you know, physically being present at a lot of these things. You know, a lot of people that, that know us at Defenders of the Bank, they know we try to be at everything all the time. We really want to, to be a part of all of the wonderful things. You know, LAFC calls it a force for good. They absolutely are that in the community. It's just right now it's a little harder for us to, to be a part of it. If it were a food drive, we'd certainly drop off food. If it were a clothing drive, we'd certainly drop off clothes, whatever needs to be done. But 
it, this time, like, you know, like we've talked about, these are just strange times. And I think being six feet apart is great, but being as socially distant as possible while, we, while being as connected as you can to the black and gold and everything that they've done, setting up all these great social events and everything online and Instagram trivia on Tuesdays, that's, that's tonight. I mean, Philly and I kind of plan our Tuesday nights around trivia. You know, we try and stay as connected as we can to the black and gold. And I love how you bring up trivia because I think it's now turned into a, a kind of this weekly competition, whether if it's trying to defeat you or Rich. <laughs> <laughs> because I know I'm always like, at least one question away from being on that leaderboard. It is like, how did I not know this? Listen, <laughs> I, I want to give a shout out to Zach Berg. He's another one that doesn't get any love out there on the trivia circuit. Everybody sees Central and myself up there on the leaderboard a little bit. But Zach Berg is as much of a dynamo with this whole trivia thing as anybody else. And the cool part is, hey, Panda won one as well. Philly's wife, she won one of the one of the rounds. It's it's a lot of fun, man. This trivia thing, you know, some of the questions, and Al Rate is predominantly the guy that comes up with all this stuff. He's the director of match day presentation and so many other wonderful things there. The the kind of trivia and minutiae that lives in Al's head and at his research fingertips. It's pretty incredible, even as far as, you know, what uniform number Mark Anthony K wore during the photo shoot so that they couldn't use the back of any of his photos from his first year that nobody else knew, right? So when you get the answer wrong, you're infuriated. And then you ask Al, he's like, no, actually, here's why. And, and it's like he's the keeper of the crypt when it comes to all the different encyclopedic knowledge and history that comes from this team. It's, it is a lot of fun, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, Dave, have you participated in any of these activities, like Trivia Night? I would like to say, like, I'm not allowed to participate in trivia because, you know, <laughs> I, but I am allowed, and I have, and I've never been on the leaderboard myself, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. I, I can't get on the leaderboard. It's uh, tough stuff. I mean, first couple questions, I thought, oh, okay, it's pretty, you know, pretty you know, multiple choice even. Not too bad. I'm nailing them. Holy cow, we started getting into it. I was like, how do I not know this stuff? This is <laughs> so I, I, I got close a couple of times. I'm not going to lie, I got close, but have not made it myself yet. Similar to me. Just, you're just like, what? That one yeah, question I mean, off that gets you. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was like shocked how hard those questions were after all. <laughs> Especially when it's referring like the 2018 season. I just like, okay, I need to go back and just reread everything so I could be better prepared. It's a rough you... time, too. We don't know what day it is. <laughs> like, I mean, I can barely keep track of what I, you know, had for lunch here a few hours ago. So I, I'm yeah, a I forgot it was trivia. <laughs> I got to take out the trash now because tomorrow morning is Wednesday, and I, I thought it was Monday. No concept yeah, of time. It's a holiday week, so you might have to push it back a day. I'm not sure, like, right? Because my trash <laughs> is Wednesday, too, but I don't know. I might have to push it was Memorial Day this week, so be careful. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, strange times. I'm taking off trash cans, and everybody in my neighborhood is looking at me like, you idiot, it's tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> Even the holidays are messing us up here. We're, we're already questioning what day it is, and then here comes Memorial Weekend. Oh, no. Now Tuesday's a new Monday. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do want to end it off with one last question. Uh, Bundesliga is back. What team are you guys rooting for? I spent four years of my life, uh, eighth grade and all of high school living in Frankfurt. So Eintracht is my team. And it's been very disappointing seeing their <laughs> results on the pitch this season. But I am a true fan. And I want to make sure I, they don't get relegated. And uh, yeah, that's it. Frankfurt will always be my club. Diadler, jetzt geht's los. 
<laughs> All right. So the story of Union Berlin being promoted for the very first time and watching the crowd hold up pictures of their relatives who were no longer with them there in the stadium for that last game and, and seeing the emotion that was going through that entire stadium. I was watching that on sports center and I said, you know, I don't care what happens. This is going to be my Bundesliga team from here on out. I am as big of an Alfonso Davies fan as there was. I was following him when he was 17 with the white caps. This kid is the best back on the planet as far as I'm concerned. And I really want to hop over to the Bayern bandwagon, but they've got a very, very full load out there for sure. So when I saw Union Berlin and those fans and everything that was going on over there with their first year in the Bundesliga, I have 100% adopted Union Berlin. My jersey is actually already on the way from a German website. Philly kept prodding me and pushing me to get one of those as well. So I've got my my red home Union Berlin jersey coming. That's that's my team from, from here on out. That's it. I'm in. Yeah, I feel the same way about it, you know, and I, it's a great story, you know, and I always like the underdog in a lot of ways. If I don't have that true, like, heartfelt connection, I can understand if you lived in Frankfurt or if you went to a game. I've gone to a couple of European matches. I never went to one in Germany, though, so I don't quite have that. I mean, if Union played LAFC, I mean, it's black and gold 5-0 all day, I hope, you know, <laughs> like, that's the bottom line. So I don't have quite that massive connection to it. Like, I, you know, I don't have any Premier League team, couldn't, you know, I mean, it's like, it's all about LAFC. If they play, you know... We play Leon. I like Leon. I like Toluca. That's my team. In the, but if they're playing the black and gold, <laughs> five nil, baby, let's go. You know, I mean, and we'll figure it out later. I what think... about you? <laughs> yeah, who's yours? Are you going to put us on the spot? Yeah. Well, I have to admit, I am on the Bayern Munich bandwagon a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a good reason for it. I, have, I do have a good reason for it. But mostly because they came to Kansas City last summer. And the team, the staff, they were very friendly. Um, they greeted fans very well. I just remember being at the hotel and just seeing that big Bayern Munich bus just driving into the driveway of the hotel. And all the players came out, came straight to us, greeted us. And it was just an overall amazing experience. And to actually see them live, because I never seen a German club play live. I've always gone to watch parties. But it's just kind of like, okay, you know, which club can I vibe with, per se? And just to kind of see that personality the players gave off was, okay, I could see, you know, why everyone is attracted to Bayern. So they are my team. All of us, <laughs> I don't want my bosses to find out. We didn't say Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they came out here. They were great. That was a lot of fun. You know, we got to see yeah. them. They, they were awesome. I love but, uh, really you know, it, it was fun, but, you know, even Pulisic no longer there, you know, it being what it is, but mm -hmm. that, that was, a, that was a great experience. My first experience with Bundesliga for sure. Yeah. We love the yellow wall. There's no arguing about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me for this special episode. It was great to see you all again and to even hear you guys again. Hopefully, you know, things will resolve itself soon and we can all be back at the bank together. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Arsali. Thank you.